Israel is really God's key for his purpose in the earth. As he spoke through Ezekiel, as he spoke through Isaiah, as he spoke through Jeremiah, Zechariah, Joel, all of them say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to bring the peoples back from all the nations to which they've been sent. And he repeats that over and over again. So it's not just, I'm going to bring them back from Babylon. That was just a nation. Mm-hmm. But this is all the nations of the earth. But then over and over again, as we look at it closely, God says, but my purpose in this is to reveal who I am. God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out his spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring, we equip for that outpouring so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We are having with us our dear friend, Claren McQueen, who has spent many years in Israel. He's a worship leader and he's going to be ministering at our convention coming up in July. But we want to hear from him things that will cause you to be expanded in your worship and expanded in your understanding of what God's purposes are for Israel in these days. We're so glad that you're here with us today. We're going to have a marvelous visit with Claren McQueen. He is going to be sharing with us what he's going to be bringing when he comes to speak and to lead us in worship at our Global Outpouring Convention 2023. If you haven't followed up to look at what that's going to be, go to our website, globaloutpouring.net and click on the events page and look at at all of the details. You can come here to the beautiful Ozark Mountains and just enjoy the lovely hills and mountains and greenery and uh, the Buffalo River and all kinds of wonderful things that are here in this area. And you can join us and be with us July 4th through the 7th, 2023. And if you can't get here or if you're listening later, you can follow us on our archives on Facebook, on the Global Outpouring Facebook page or the Global Outpouring YouTube channel. And there's links to that on our website as well. And you can also give us feedback on our website and you can listen to other podcasts and all sorts of things are available. You can shop in our bookstore. There's lots of things to do there. And you can even give us a donation and help us out keeping this podcast going. Going. So, Claren, thank you so much for being with us today. It's always a delight to have you with us. And it's my pleasure to be here. We've been friends a really long, long yeah, time. Yeah, since 1991, I think we we went down to Insight, Israel Insight, down in, was it Cape Canaveral? Or, or no, it was Carpenter's Home Church. Yes, in Lake Actually, and yeah. Claren was, was heading up the, the music there and we got inducted into the choir. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was wonderful. And ended up going to Israel that fall, being part of the Feast of Tabernacles choir. Yes. That and was... we had already been going to the Feast of Tabernacles for years, but we hadn't met you, Claire, until then. So we've been worshiping together for a lot of years. Long time, yeah. 
Yeah, and I think I was 10 years old when we met and you were eight. Is that right? <laughs> I'm sure that must be true. <laughs> or maybe close. <laughs> oh, yeah. So one of the favorite things that we do at this convention is worship. And we always try to give the Holy Spirit absolute room to do anything and everything that he wants to do. Uh, and I, I'm so grateful, Clarin, that you have really just become a part of our team here and we've become a part of your team where you've done some things so that we can worship together. Uh, I just think it's it's one of the best things that we ever, ever do. You know, that's something that I would like to invite anybody that's listening to this podcast. If you're trying to decide, should I go to the convention or not? Yes, you should. Because you can get teaching on a podcast, you can get teaching looking at a video, but what happens in corporate worship is so mm -hmm. unique, and what happens in the corporate worship at the global outpouring, to me, I think because you, Sharon and Philip, and before that, Gwen Shaw, you allow just what you said, you allow the Holy Spirit absolutely free reign. I remember so many services that we were in with Sister Gwen where the worship would just go on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. would keep looking over to get the high sign, you should stop now. But that wasn't what she was about. She just loved watching the Holy Spirit flow. And I, I remember one of the... Uh, early on conventions, I was still living in Israel at the time, and I believe the convention was in Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. and we'd had a long service. There'd been a long sermon, and then the <laughs> altar call began, and the altar call turned into altar ministry slash worship, and it was something like 1.30 in the morning, and there were still hundreds of people in the auditorium, some people on their knees and some people flat out on their face and some people dancing. And it was at that point that I said, I love these people. I'm going to hang out with these people as long as I can. <laughs> well, I'm convinced we're going to be hanging out together for eternity. I, I am convinced, too. <laughs> yeah. If there are some relationships that you know that this isn't just for the here and now. This is for forever. And when you and your wife, Nancy, with her beautiful harp, come mm -hmm. alongside and, and we just get our voices together, um, something happens. There's a synergy there that, you know, it's just, it's just like we, we belong. Mm. You know? it's, and it's always true, I think, because the handmaidens and servants, that vow that each one has taken, that I want to do anything you want me to do. I'm going to mm -hmm. take the lowest seat. I'm going to do the most difficult job. I just want you to burn up the sacrifice. That is what worship is. Mm -hmm. So then when you yes. get people together that know I'm doing way more than just singing tunes and dancing and maybe even with flags and you know beautiful things, 
but it it's really people that are worshiping absolutely with everything that they have inside of them, not just their emotions, but their thoughts and their plans and their lives. Because mm-hmm. they know it's not going to end with this service. It's not going to end with this convention. It's just going to go on and on and on forever. It it yes. makes uh, the global outpouring is one of my favorite places to be on earth because of that, because the people's hearts are so, you know, it makes you closer to heaven because mm-hmm. that's really the outlook of people in heaven. Yes. Is I just want to please you, Lord, forever and ever and ever. I love being here, not because you gave me a great big house or whatever. I love being mm-hmm. here because I love being with you. Yes. 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 Right. It's all about the audience of one. Yeah. It really is. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, I used to love how your mother would come with you. And she was absolutely all in for the freedom of the Holy Spirit that was there. Well, you know, for mom, she grew up. In old-time Pentecosts, which saw some wonderful, marvelous things, healings and uh, prophetic words that came true, but it was also very strict. And one of the things that she loved about the handmaidens and servants is that everything was used for worship. Hmm. And uh, she said, actually, when I was a child, I used to see this, and I had forgotten that I would say it, and she reminded me. She said, you know, when you were little, you used to tell me there's going to be a time when people dance before the Lord and Hmm. when they have beautiful banners, when they use everything in the arts to glorify Almighty God. And she said, I used to listen to your little child's heart and think, bless his heart. That's never going to (laughs) happen. Because, you know, in old time Pentecost, that couldn't happen. You couldn't dance in church. You certainly couldn't dance with a costume and do the sorts of things that have happened so many times at the convention. So mom Hmm. coming there was just so thrilled to see people using every part of what they were to glorify God and then to see people healed and slain in the spirit and hear prophetic words. And it, she just was absolutely thrilled. I loved your mother. She's, <laughs> yeah. And, and I'll, I'll love her again in heaven. I still love her now. Um, we, we miss her. But it was eye-opening to me to hear what she had to say about it, you know, and, and how, how she expressed herself. So uh, I, but you never told me that about, about the arts. Now that reminds me of Charlotte, Charlotte Baker. Baker. Yes. She was, she was a, um, a forerunner. Yeah, she gave a prophetic, the art, she arts. gave prophetic parables. Yeah. And that was yes. the one, the eye of the needle. Yes. Yeah. That's what she's well known for. Yeah. We'll have to put a link to that uh, recording in, into the show notes. Cause it, it's out there. Um, yeah. how, how she prophesied that, but it, it's all about worship. Yeah. You know, I, I remember Charlotte was talking about when the Lord first began speaking to her because, you know, she was also from a very strict background, but mm-hmm. the Lord started to speak to her about how I want to use everything. And I want you to teach your people in her congregation in the Northeast. This was before she was teaching many, many people all over mm-hmm. the earth. Uh, He said, I want you to teach your people 
I want to use what I put inside of you. If you're an artist, I want to use your painting. If you're a speaker, I want to use your speaking. If you're a dancer, I want to use your dancing. And so she said, because I was feeling this so strongly, I began teaching Sunday after Sunday, meeting after meeting, this is what God wants from you. He wants everything you have. And she said it was really put to the test when I had a gymnast in my congregation. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit started to move one Sunday morning, and he just started doing hand flips across the oh, sanctuary. Wow. And he'd go to one oh. side, and then he'd go back to the other side. And then he'd go to one side. Oh, and she said, I stood there at the pulpit and thought, this is really not appropriate, but it must be. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. And she oh. said that the Lord really used that young man. He just was a can opener in that yeah. service. Yeah. Once wow. he did that, then that's all good. sorts of things started happening. Yeah, that's what it would do. It would certainly, like, rip open the veil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really would. That that's like wow. I I can't even imagine how <laughs> how she must have felt in that moment. But it but I'm sure it did. I'm sure it would have opened up everybody. Well, if he can do that, well then I can do this. Yeah, she said it was really a learning process for me because when the Lord first started to speak to me, as with all of us, she said I thought I was getting what he was saying, but he was really saying much more than yeah. what I thought he was saying. I was looking yes. for some beautiful movements in white costumes, but he wanted to do more than that. <laughs> a gymnast. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. But, you know, it, it reminds me of how Nancy, your wife, will will come with her paints, and she paints during during these things. When, mm-hmm. you know, the, in the anointing and the, the, the things that she's come up with in the anointing have been brilliant and some yeah. of them yes. very prophetic. She's one of these talented, talented women. Really, she can do anything she sets her mind to, I think, sets her hand to. So when we get to the convention, what are you, are you seeing anything in particular um, that the Holy Spirit wants to do in worship this time that might be different? I am the, there's a song... Uh, it's a fairly new song called the Throne Room Song, mm. that the veil is torn and the doors flung wide. I see glory as I go inside the throne room, mm. and at your feet I bow. Mm. Wow. And I just keep singing that over and over again, and I've not even learned it yet. I've just heard it. <laughs> but I think that, and that's always God's heart. I think mm-hmm. God, you know, Nancy and I have been working quite hard for the last month getting things ready where we live in order to come to Tulsa and get things ready here uh, in order to be able to get things ready for the convention. And I, uh, the other morning in my prayer time, I got my Bible out and I got memory verses out and things to make notes. And then as I began to pray in the Holy Spirit, I just felt Lord, I just want to sit in your lap. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course yeah. I knew it was, but I didn't, and I didn't really feel the Holy Spirit always leads me in prayer time and in worship time. And I just felt like he was inviting me 
just enjoy who I am. Mm. So mm. my heart for this series of meetings is the same as it always is, but I, I really feel like the Lord is inviting us into his throne room. He's inviting us to spend time with him. Amen. And then revelation will come out of that. Healing will come out of that. Salvations yes. will come out of that if people need, as they're listening to the video, it everything's going to come out of just being as close as we can be and enjoying his presence poured out. Amen. 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 Wow. You know, it reminds me, I think it was a couple of years ago at the convention, I was reading from Dean Braxton's book on deep worship in heaven. And he was with us uh, a couple of months ago to teach on that. And we had quite a time in worship in the presence of the Lord. And I feel like we're going to just keep on going deeper because we, we keep on digging deeper. Mm-hmm. We, we just want to keep having more and there's always more to have. So yes. I, I, I see that and I, I see this, you know, he, he explains what it was like for him as he as he died for an hour and 45 minutes, one of the things that he did was he spent, there's no time in heaven, but mm-hmm. he spent an, an event in time, uh, in, in not time, but you know what I mean, an event where everybody came around the throne to worship and everyone had their turn and they, they each had an opportunity to thank the Lord and, and and whatever came out of their mouth was met by the atmosphere and was met by fire and was met by lights and, and things that were augmenting what they said and joining in with what they said to carry it to the father and make wow. it even bigger. Yeah. And, and That's I just, I, wow. it is so amazing yeah. to, to think that, that our, mm. our little expression is so delightful, not only to the Father, but to everything in heaven. Everything wants your expression to be there. Uh, it's mm. it's like, it's not complete without your expression, my expression. Every, every one of us have something to add to the mix in the body and, and in in the heavenly realm, you know, and, and what we do here on earth gets to heaven and and the more we connect with heaven the more what's going on in heaven comes down to earth and we're experiencing it here so uh, you know i'm just expecting yes. that kind of worship to be going on where we're really interacting with heaven yeah i think that is one reason why the lord allowed dean to go through that very difficult time actually that he went through physically in yeah. order to have that because now he has the ability to make us all really, really jealous. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, it, you know, you can't read one of his books without thinking, ooh, I want that. Wow. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> and it, it's uh, that's what we should be thinking. Every time yes. we begin yeah. to worship, we should be thinking, give me some more, God. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, you absolutely. know, that's something that I love, again, about it happens in corporate worship. And, and especially for people who don't feel that they can sing. They don't feel like they're a good dancer or they play an instrument or whatever. But I, I quite often find myself, the Holy Spirit will have me kind of cheerlead if everybody's not involved. 
<laughs> and I hardly ever have to do that at the handmaidens because everybody <laughs> is always involved. But in some congregations, you know, there are people who are enjoying, but they're really kind of sitting back folded, kind of listening to the music. Mm-hmm. But that's not what the Lord said he would inhabit. Yes. He said, I will inhabit praise. your praise. Yeah. Yes. Not I'm going to inhabit the worship leader's praise. <laughs> And when I cheerlead like that, and, you know, sometimes I'll just say, if it doesn't hurt too bad, I want you to stand up because you praise better when you're standing up. You know, if if you feel like it, get out from that seat, go out in the aisles, dance. What? And when people begin to do that, everything changes. Yes. yes. The atmosphere in the room changes. Sometimes the sound grows greater, but sometimes not, because usually I think those people that aren't entering in are are the people that don't have wonderful voices, and they, you know, they sort of feel out of place musically, mm-hmm. maybe. But when they begin to join in, all heaven mm-hmm. is so pleased. Mm-hmm. It's just like what Dean experienced that the Lord wasn't just listening to the worship, but he was joining with the worship and making Mm -hmm. it more than what it was when it began. So there was this incredible synergistic symbiosis that created wonderful, wonderful beauty. Mm -hmm. uh, It's something that only happens in corporate worship. True. And it's a taste of heaven. Yes, it is. Absolutely. So if you're thinking about just watching the video at home, but you can come, come. Yes. Yes. Because you will be better off when you come. Amen. Amen. That's for sure. Now, one of the things that that you're going to do this time that I always enjoy it when you do is you're going to be our speaker for our Israel session. And one of the things that we understand here at Global Outpouring is the absolute importance of Israel in God's time clock. Israel is God's calendar. And if you want to understand eschatology, you've got to understand what is going on in Israel. So, uh, Claren, you spent, what, 12 years living in Israel? Yes. Give us us just a, a little tiny history of how you got there and and what God was doing with you in that time. Well, I was traveling internationally in ministry and uh, I always put together the schedule, tried to get it done for a year at a time. With a, with a singing and, group? And I, Is that what it was? Uh, yeah, it was a, a group called Epiphany. And mm-hmm. it was a group that could work within the liturgical church, within the mainline churches, which is why I called it Epiphany, something out of the liturgical year. So it would be familiar to United Methodists and Lutherans and whatever. (laughs) And uh, that was kind of my vision because I had been in the Episcopal church for several years. I, I grew up Pentecostal, but then the Lord put me in the Episcopal church when there was a tremendous revival Oh, yeah. It was the time of camp farthest out. Oh, and yeah. Just wonderful, wonderful things that was really a result of the Jesus Revolution moving into the whole church. Yes. But in 1981, and, and we had developed a close connection with the Lutheran state church, especially in Finland, Sweden, Denmark, all of Scandinavia and Germany. Normally, we'd spend six months out of the year 
overseas and then we'd be back in the U.S. Sometimes, and uh, we were in Great Britain, several different places. But in 1981, the Lord started saying, next year I'm going to do something different. So I kept trying to figure out what that might be and didn't, as is quite often <laughs> true when the Lord speaks. And then starting in January of that year, we sang at a, a wonderful congregation in New York City called the West Side New Covenant Church. And Max and Hilla Jacoby were there. I don't know if you remember them. They're fabulous photographers and did many big, beautiful series books on the history of Israel, the modern experience of Israel, the Feast of Tabernacles, various things. So uh, after the service, Max came up to me, he had a very thick German accent, and he was saying, that was wonderful, wonderful. Jew must come to the Feast of Tabernacles. And he's shaking my hand, and as he's shaking my hand, he's shaking my whole body. <laughs> I, I had read Feast of Tabernacles in the Bible, but it didn't connect. I had no idea what he was talking about. And I later found out he had no authority whatsoever to invite us to the Feast of Tabernacles. <laughs> but, but from that point, uh, we began meeting people, both Arab and Jewish people, from Israel throughout the year. Ari Sokaram, mm -hmm. uh, people would meet us in Wolfenbüttel in West Germany, and mm -hmm. so many people were talking about, you should come at the time of the feast. And long story short, we wound up singing at the Feast of Tabernacles that year. And I remember when I walked on the stage, and you've been there in mm -hmm. Medinehama, and thousands of people, I think that year was about 6,000 people, mm. awesome. here in the city of Jerusalem, from all the nations of the earth, the night we sang, uh, I think, must have been the roll call of the nations because oh, they were all exciting. dressed like all the nations of the earth. Wow. And I, we were only going to sing a couple of songs, but standing on the stage, I remember thinking, my goodness, this is prophecy fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And I'm in the middle of it. Wow. How did wow. I land in the middle of prophecy fulfilled? <laughs> And then uh, the Lord just kept putting me back into Israel after that. Uh, when I left, I really thought I wouldn't return. We'd had a wonderful, the Lord kept us in Israel and Egypt that year for two months. And we sang for the army twice. We sang for an atheist kibbutz. That was an experience. Uh, a good experience. Just wonderful time, but I never really thought I would be back. But then the Lord gave me the opportunity to study historical geography of the Bible with Dr. Jim Fleming at the Jerusalem Center for Biblical Studies and the Holy Land Institute and Hebrew University. Then I taught, actually, historical geography for three years. Then the Lord told me, I've used you here in the way that I want. Now I want you to go back full-time into music. And at that point, the Christian Embassy invited me to become their music coordinator. So I did that for the last eight years. And then the, the whole of the time that I was there, I was leading worship at Christ Church, which was a tremendous privilege. Uh, it's, they're the oldest Protestant church in the Middle East. And uh, while I was there, 
they formed a Hebrew-speaking charismatic congregation, which at the time was the only Hebrew-speaking charismatic congregation in the old city. And we had both Jewish people and Arab people and then other Gentile people from all over the world. It, that was an amazing, still is an amazing congregation. Mm -hmm. Love having been a part of it. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. So you have quite heart for the land and the people, all the peoples of the land. And you have quite a perspective that I think is a perspective that people need to hear from. Mm -hmm. So what's the Lord putting on your heart to bring for a message? Uh, can you give us a preview? Well, as you know, I told you that I haven't really formulated exactly how it will be. But yes, I can tell you, as I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, we all know that Israel is God's time clock. If you mm -hmm. don't know that, Israel is God's time clock. <laughs> 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 and it, because the prophecies were spoken so long ago, Derek Prince had the wonderful analogy that it was like an old grandfather's clock sitting in a hall that had not run for hundreds of years. Wow. And then in a moment the clock began to tick again. Wow, mm. what wow. a beautiful And people yeah. realized time has changed now. Yes. Life in the house is going to be different because this grandfather clock is ticking. But as I'm studying, as I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, I'm really getting a, a further revelation that Israel is not just a time clock so that we know where we are as Gentile Christians or Jewish Christians, believers, in the last days. We know we're in the last days, and that that is coming especially from Israel, that since the nation was born in a day, there are so many things tied to that we have to be in the last days. We're not just seeing wars and rumors of wars. We're not just seeing earthquakes. We're not just seeing famines, but we're seeing famines after the nation was born in a day. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. But more than that, Israel is really God's key for his purpose in the earth. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and that's something that I plan to bring out in my teaching that as he spoke through Ezekiel, as he spoke through Isaiah, as he spoke through Jeremiah, Zechariah, Joel, all of them say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to bring the peoples back from all the nations to which they've been sent. And he repeats that over and over again. So it's not just, I'm going to bring them back from Babylon. That was just a nation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But this is all the nations of the earth. But then over and over again, as we look at it closely, God says, but my purpose in this is to reveal who I am. Yes. Mm. Yes. And I remember I was standing on a stage in Kiev in the Ukraine. And I didn't really get God's purpose. And I, I had had a few conversations with Jewish people where they were talking about being chosen and that God has a special purpose for us. And I grew up 
knowing my Bible, but I didn't really have good teaching. You know, sometimes I would say, that sounds so medieval. Why would have <laughs> God have one plan for one group of people and another plan for everybody else? But standing on this stage in Kiev, we were speaking to, we had, I was working with the embassy, Christian embassy, and we had rented secular auditoriums to invite, uh, Glasnost had just opened up what had been the Soviet Union, or actually it hadn't dissolved yet. So it was, it was still the Soviet Union, but it was opening up so that Jewish people could immigrate. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the Soviet government was negating the nation of Israel. They were putting out horrible propaganda about how terrible a place it is. You don't want to go there. So the embassy <laughs> yeah. decided we would bring some Jewish people and some Gentile people. And we would, we had a, uh, show you how long ago it was. We had a slideshow to show them (laughs) (laughs) of what life was like in Israel. And we had uh, Eti Horesh, who was a singer with the opera company, and she wanted to talk to people about what the music world was like in Israel, which, you know, so many Jewish people are lovers of really good music. Yeah, uh, We had numerous things. We had marvelous dancers and whatnot. But every night, we would read to them from Ezekiel, the 31st chapter. Mm. And wow. these are people who most of them had never set foot in a synagogue. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have a faith of any kind. Mm-hmm. After uh, one concert that we'd given, I was talking to some people out in the lobby, and one of the ladies there, a Jewish lady, asked me through an interpreter, why is it that you're doing what you're doing? Why would you spend so much time and effort and money to come and do this for us? And I said, well, you know, Jeremiah tells us that we need to do this. And the answer came back through the interpreter, Jeremiah who? Mm-hmm. Wow. Just no knowledge of Scripture. Yeah. But reading Ezekiel 31 and Ezekiel 36 is one of the places where the Lord says, you will be my witnesses mm-hmm. that I am God and there is no other. Yes. And I had read that before, but I didn't read it right. Mm-hmm. I read it and heard, you will get witness to Mm. or you will go out and witness. But that's not what it says. It says, when I do this thing, when I bring you from all the nations of the earth, many of whom said you could never come, but when I miraculously place you in the land, Mm -hmm. then you will be the witness to yourself that I am God Mm. and there's no other before me. Amen. None after me. I and only I am God. You will be the witness. But not only that, he says, and when I do this, Israel, and he says this over and over again, I'm not doing it just because of you. Mm -hmm. I am doing it so that all the peoples of the earth will see that I am God and I am faithful and I will fulfill my promise. Yes. So Israel is the key to God's whole purpose in the earth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I don't know what I'm going to call this, but it, it might end up being Israel's the key or <laughs> I don't know. Wow. 
but they are. It, yes. it, it is so exciting as I'm, isn't it amazing that you can read scripture for 50 years and mm-hmm. then you keep getting new things out of that yes. stuff that you read over and over and over and some of it, the stuff that you memorized. And then as mm-hmm. you're saying it out to yourself, oh, I never got that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I memorized me it 25 time. years ago and I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Happens to me all the time. Uh, yeah. That's the glory of, of the word of God that we hear people kind of sing with a, with a, a real negative idea that this is mysticism or that that this is mystical or, you know, don't like stay away from mysticism, but the whole, the entire Bible is full of mysteries that are there for us to discover. Mm -hmm. And what you're bringing now is it's like, this is going to be the, the outpouring. It's going to, it's going to be the outpouring when everybody sees who he is. Yeah. In in one moment, you know, it, it can be all in one moment. I remember that beautiful vision that that uh, John Hinkle had back in 1996, maybe it was, uh, where he saw this this stadium full of 80,000 people, and all of a sudden the game stops because the Holy Spirit came and stood beside every single person, and every everybody had a revelation of where they were on their path to eternity as regards Jesus Christ. Wow. And everyone, it, like the game stopped, everything stopped. And then he, then he was transported and he saw the same thing going on in the, the stock exchange in New York. Everybody stopped because they, they suddenly realized where they were on their path to eternity. You know, what have you done with Jesus? The ones that, that loved him uh, were rejoicing and the ones who had no idea were howling and, and crying for mercy. Oh God, I'm sorry, I didn't know you existed. And this thing with Israel is a part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really believe yeah. that, that the revelation of, if, if people could even see what the truth is about the people of Israel and the land of Israel and how right from the beginning in modern Israel, that God has been there to help them get through everything that was against them. I mean, they're surrounded by people who hate them. Yeah. Hostile neighbors. Hostile neighbors. And some of them living in their neighborhoods, you know? And, and it's yeah. like, yes, there are there are tragedies that happen all the time, but how many miracles have we heard of God's intervention to to save lives and to and to win battles when when there was no reason for them to be able to win battles? And his whole purpose in doing that is so that people will see who he is. Yes. It is to be faithful to Israel. It is because he loves his people, but it's because he loves this is this is where I was really right. You know, there isn't a plan just for them and then a separate plan for us. Right. So it's not possible for us as Christian believers to say, I believe all of these things that Jesus preached. But that Israel business, I don't know. I'm not so turned on by that. I'm going to just leave that to the side. That's not possible. No, it's not. Israel sits as the key to how all of the revelation is going to unfold. It's very true. <laughs> and you can see that, actually, since 1967, when was Jerusalem was returned into the hands of the Jewish people. In Luke's gospel, Jesus said, Jerusalem will be trodden under the feet of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles, the time of the nations, has come to an end. Mm -hmm. And Paul said, and if their rejection of the Messiah 
meant blessing for the earth, then what will their receiving be except the fulfillment of all things? Mm -hmm. We live in the time of the fulfillment of all things. It's true. And since that day, since June 7th, I think it was, 1967, revival has swept over the earth. True. It swept over the Jewish people, but it also swept over Argentina. That happened in June of 67. The Jesus Revolution got started in July of 67. Wow. That was followed by the Charismatic Revolution. That has been followed by so many revivals mm -hmm. spreading out over the earth to the point that you have, you know, some of Benny Hinn's latter meetings and Reinhard Bonnke, you had whole cities seeing people healed, whole cities with people coming to faith because of these huge Mellotron screens that people were watching the move of the Holy Spirit. It, uh, we are living in the very best of all times. It's true. It's, mm -hmm. And it, the key has been God has turned all of that on when the grandfather clock started ticking. Yes. And he's using that as a catalyst to change all of our lives. Amen. Mm -hmm. You know, every time you talk about that grandfather clock, it reminds me of our founder, Gwen Shaw, talking about when she was a little girl, hearing the elders, her you know, father, grandfathers, uncles, talking about how God was going to restore Israel. He's going to bring the people back to Israel. And I'm sure that it, it had begun by then. But, you know, we're talking about ah, the 19, she was born in what, 24, 1924. So we're probably talking about, you know, the late 20s, early 30s. She was hearing this conversation and it went into her spirit. And when she began to realize that this indeed was happening in the land of Israel, that people were coming. When she was a, a missionary in Hong Kong, she went to the, to the market and picked up an orange and it had, had a little sticker on it that mm -hmm. said Jaffa. Jaffa orange, yeah. And she said, this is fulfillment of prophecy. Yes. The, the Bible says that Israel's going to fill all the earth with its fruit. And, and here it is in Hong Kong. And, and God yeah. bless them because they're, they're, um, Israel's crops come before everybody else's. Yeah. You know, the citrus and all that. Yeah. You know, and so they would be on the market first. Yeah. So At least back then. You know. That gave her an insight that caused her to be who she was to Israel in, in all these years of bringing tour groups when there weren't that many tour groups when she first started out in the 70s. Yeah, there just weren't, there weren't that many tour groups. Yeah, and, 1971, my mom was on that tour, and yeah. it was a big one, too. And I started going in 1978 and was, was going from then on, you know, so yeah. it's, it's like I've personally seen amazing development yes. in the land. When I first started going, there wasn't very much to the Western Wall that you could get to, and you know, it, it has opened up. They've opened up that huge plaza that, you know, all the building that's gone on around it. I've, I've watched this happen through the years. It's just amazing yeah. to me. So my heart is with you totally as we are. And actually, we might as well just say we're planning a, a tour for November of 2024. So watch our website for that. We'll be announcing it soon. 
if you want to come with us, we have a heart for Israel. Claren will be with us. Pastor Mark Bristow will be with us. Uh, Dean Braxton will be with us. So it's going to be an, an amazing tour when, when the time comes. But in the meantime, let's get a vision for what the Holy Spirit is saying regarding Israel to help us understand what is his big plan and how can we help him with it. And if you are thinking, well, I'm not sure if I want to go to Israel, let me tell you, you do. (laughs) (laughs) It's life-changing. Yes. Absolutely. You know, when I I first went to Israel, it, it really was because the Lord set up a ministry tour. And I honestly, you know, I felt like the Lord lives in my heart. Why do I need to go to a holy land to feel him any closer? And when I got there, as far as looking at parts of it, I spent my first time a lot in the desert. And I remember thinking, this is just rocks and sand. Why are people fighting over this? <laughs> but, but the Lord has a revelation for you in Israel. Yes. So mm-hmm. if you, I, I would just advise you, start praying now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there are some of you that just hear we're going to Israel and immediately you're up on the edge of your seat saying, oh, I want to go, I want to go. And my mother was one of those. Even when yes. she was 97, she was still saying, oh, I want to go, I want to go. That's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But and if you're not sure, just put it before the Lord. And I am sure that the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to you. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. And the Lord can provide it's not inexpensive, you're right, but mm-hmm. the Lord can provide that money. That's yeah. right. We've and seen him do it There have been very, time. very few times I've now gone back and forth in and out of Israel so many times I stopped counting a long time ago. And there have been very few of those times that I actually had the money when I first started planning to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the Lord yeah. made a way every time. Glory yeah. to God. Well, Claire, and before before we close, would you would you pray for the listeners? Yes, I will. And if I may, I am just going to speak a blessing over you since we've been talking about Israel. Then, and we all know this blessing. The Lord told us this is the way. I want you to bless each other. He spoke this to Moses, and we. We call it the ironic blessing, but it's it's really the Lord's blessing, mm-hmm. and it's his way of blessing you. So if you would, even as you're listening, if you would just hold out your hands to receive the blessing of the Lord, and I'm going to speak it in English, and then I'm going to sing it. I hope it comes out on this mic. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up his countenance over you and be gracious to you. And the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and fill you full with his peace. Yeah, <laughs> 
And the Lord lift his face over you. Ve'asim lecha, and fill you forth with his shalom, and fill you forth with his shalom. And you know, in Hebrew, when the Lord speaks that over you, shalom doesn't just mean peace. Shalom means the fullness of peace. When I paid my electric bill in Israel, I shalemed the bill. Mm. Wow. I filled the bill full mm. so that everything flowed in exactly the way it was supposed to flow. Beautiful. So as the Lord lifts up his countenance over you, he fills you full with his grace. As he makes his face shine on you, he fills you full. Even right now, as your hands are stretched out, as your spirit is ready to receive, just receive that thing that the Lord has. No matter what you're facing, what challenge, what new endeavor could be opening up, what difficulty you're having to overcome, he wants to fill you full with everything you need. And fill you full shalom. Yeshua HaMashiach Le'olam Va'ed The peace of Yeshua the Messiah forever Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Clarin. Yeah, so come to convention, everyone. Yes. <laughs> and and you'll feel this shalom and more. Amen. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence. <laughs>